the Free Speech Coalition. Free Speech Coalition. The Free Speech Coalition. Free Speech Coalition. The Free Speech Coalition. The Free Speech Coalition. Podcast. Welcome to the Free Speech Coalition podcast. This episode features a discussion between the Free Speech Coalition's very own Stephen Franks and the chief censor of the Office of Film and Literature Classification, Mr. David Shanks. The two discuss a cla- the classification of the Christchurch Terrorists Manifesto as objectionable, the potential harm that some, especially children, would suffer if there was not the role for censorship in New Zealand, and the need to keep a dialogue between free speech groups and those with the power to censor. We hope you enjoy this discussion. Well, thank you very much for agreeing to discuss. As you'd imagine, for the Free Speech Coalition, you ought to be on our list of the um, the, the great official enemies. Um, I recognise that you have an act to apply, and it's um, it's it's fairly specific, quite directive, and the decision that we all wanted to talk to you about um, the classification of the Great Replacement Manifesto of the of the Christchurch terrorist um, is one which when I go through the criteria you must apply, I think I'd have found it hard not to reach the conclusion that you reached. Um, It might be that there is some room for more consideration of whether it falls into that category that um, I've often thought is um, a little bit odd. The status given to merit, value, importance, literary, artistic, social, cultural, educational, scientific or other matters in the sense that if there's a great curiosity and um, the mystery is something that's a bit uh, caustic in society or toxic, how can someone do something so evil and you have the perpetrator's own statement of why he was doing it it's the it, it's a natural question. Well, can't we know from his own mouth? And had, 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 did, did you find that a, a, a question you were asking yourself, or do you think there might be a time when the immediacy and rawness and the uh, the fate of the shooter, um, where law has been applied, might enable this to be reclassified because of that particular interest? Well, first of all, thank you, Stephen, and, and thanks for this opportunity to have this discussion. Um, I note your comments about the, uh, the the natural state of things in terms of a chief censor talking mm. with a free speech mm. coalition. It reminds me of when I appeared before a, um, a, a film distributors and cinema uh, group, coalition group, Screen Association, um, and I appeared before that group and mm. said, well, look, I... I realise I'm here as chief censor appearing before filmmakers and film distributors. It's almost like this is aliens versus predator. We're like natural enemies, you and I, supposedly. But actually we need each other in that context. And also, I think, in this kind of context as well, in terms of testing and examining what's really going on here, what's the, what's the rules of the game, how do those rules apply, how do we test whether those rules are even the right ones. And I would recognise that there's a really critical role for groups mm. focused on and interested in freedom of speech to provide the right kind of 
test and uh, contestability and discussion around these very fundamental issues, these, these sometimes critical um, decisions that I and my office need to make around where the line is. So when you say we need each other, do you mean need in the sense that um, with, without, pre without pressure for free speech it could erode and on the other side um, open slather would be its own demise, people wouldn't tolerate it? What, what, what's the need that you mean? Yeah, I, th I think the need is for balance. Mm. In these in these things at all at all points, I think um, the 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 trade offs between individual freedoms, restrictions on those freedoms for the greater good, um, the protections of society versus the the need for society to have testing ideas, all of those things are a dynamic balance. And if you are missing the elements that 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 create that tension and that balance, the system will. Overcompensate or, or fall over, to and I think I think in, in this context that we're talking about, where we're talking about decisions around what is and isn't permissible to view and possess, mm. um, you're talking. You, I think you can look at all kinds of examples around the world where that balance has fallen over. In my view, China is one example where effectively you see state censorship applied, pr principally as far as I can see for the benefit of the state itself, for the or, protection of the state interests and um, ideology, as or, opposed to or primarily... Even, or even the elite, a particular elite. Yeah, yeah, it, that's right. Um, but, and I think you can look at other examples where, in fact, you know, maybe there's less protection for the population than, than perhaps there should be. So, essentially, I think this is a dynamic balance, and I think the, the more parties are interested in that balance, talking about it, thinking about it, testing it out, the better opportunity we have of getting the right sort of balance. What would you, you said the other examples where there's less protection for society, do you have in mind a particular type of... of well, uh, as, as a media regulator, um, I'm in an interesting, very interesting position because I'm a chief censor, I'm making decisions mm -hmm. around uh, publications and material that, that may or may not be lawful, that may or may not be age-restricted, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and I see examples all the time, constantly, where there are, in my view, harms inflicted upon a population, or in particular upon children, um, where effectively I'm seeing a gap. There, there should be more protection for children in particular, in my view. An example recently, I don't know if you saw it, a, a particular video went viral on the TikTok app. TikTok is massively popular across the world. In fact, it's been the most downloaded app um, for, for, I think, over 18 months. Hugely popular amongst children. If you, if you talk to any young person, um, they're either on it or they're aware of it and they're engaging with it. Um, around about two weeks ago, a video went viral on that platform, which was an extremely graphic, extremely graphic and distressing suicide video. And um, just as we saw, actually, post-March 15 and that, that atrocious and egregious live stream video going viral and being amplified by the algorithms on, uh, on various social media platforms, the same thing happened on TikTok. And so children were being exposed to this incredibly impactful, incredibly harmful content. And, of course, we live in a country where we have some of the highest youth suicide levels in the OECD. Um, 
and where's where's the regulatory protection? Where's the checks and balances? Where's where's the um, ability to kind of intervene, work work with the platform, um, but also understand actually the extent and degree of harm occasioned by that? Because at this stage, I don't know how many New Zealanders, I don't know how many Kiwi kids actually saw that video. I don't know how many kids right now are deeply impacted still by seeing it. I know from talking to my children that it's a very real thing. Their friends they, have seen it. Do you, are you working on intuitive view about cause and effect? And I'm, I'm sceptical of claims of all kinds in this area, um, either that, that hor horrible stuff seen by children is hugely damaging or that it's not. I mean, it seems to me that we do apply a lot of our intuitive feeling about what ought to happen. But... Um, am I even, going on gut feel? Even, You're asking yeah, me, am I going on gut fairy, feel? Even fairy tales 150 no, years ago were pretty so, horrific. So, Stephen, no, I'm not going on gut feel. Mm. I'm going on the best clinical evidence I can get my hands on. I'm talking to the Suicide Prevention Office. I'm talking to the Chief Coroner. I'm looking at studies overseas correlating exposure to this sort of material. And causation, here's, here's, here's the nub of mm. it, causation in terms of seeing something, mm. reading something, and the effect is incredibly difficult to prove. Well, it we is do, incredibly difficult to we prove, do see but correlation... We see copycat stuff within a school, don't we? So there is clearly, there's clearly... The, the, an, the, cor the correlations become completely undeniable in terms mm. of... You know, starting to map the, the trends mm. and prevalence of certain kinds of content and, and the following on activities. Another example that's, that I found quite interesting and relevant very recently in, in relation to the pandemic situation, right? So uh, uh, it'll be no surprise to you that obviously in the, in the COVID environment, it, it seems that conspiracy theories relating to the pandemic, to COVID-19, to... to um, to, to the origins of, of the disease, to, to the um, lethality of the disease, to the precautions, to, the, to indeed what, what a vaccination might involve um, at the point at which it might become available. All of these things seem to have been proliferating across the internet. Now, it seems, it would seem almost impossible to me to deny that the fact that there was a massive correlation and or a massive... Um, prevalence of conspiracy theories linking COVID-19 um, to 5G transmitters and transmissions, it would seem almost beyond belief, or very difficult at least to me, to go, yes, we're tracking the, the, the rise of these conspiracy theories and the rise of this sort of material and the consumption of this material, and suddenly we're seeing a spate of attacks on 5G towers. We're seeing, we saw but has 17, it, has it, I think. Society has always had that. I mean, yeah, so, but what, what, so, all so, I'm saying... For, I'm, for thousands of... For, for hundreds of years, including in free societies, bad things were associated ab, with ab, sin, sin absolutely. by particular groups. So this is not new. No, but... I'm not but, saying this is new. What but I'm we saying had free is... Speech, we had free speech for a very long time, and it has, had, has a price, and these things may be part of the price, but... Citing the harm doesn't doesn't reflect more than that it's a difficult issue. I mean, I, I wasn't I wasn't doing any more than to say, 
it's impossible. Um, Where we started off with was Mm. what about causation? Is this really creator harm? And all I'm just all I'm talking about now is in my experience, looking at uh, indicators, evidence, studies, Mm. research that shows that actually you can't say there's not a harm. There is a harm. The extent and degree and nature of that any, any is, speech, remains to be unpacked. Any yeah. speech, if you believe in the value of great art, literature, theatre, anything, if you say speech doesn't have an effect, you're nuts. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and, that's right. And, 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 and social change has and, required it to have an effect. Yeah, and it's and, and that's right. It's essential. So, mm. so here's here's where we started. I think free speech is an absolute critical value in any free and democratic society. And um, I think that is something that, to some extent, we're losing sight of, actually. Mm. I mean, one of the questions um, I I think we we might have been going to be engaging with before we've gone on this Mm. broader but useful discussion is, what about cancel culture? Mm. Is this a thing Mm. right now? And I guess my response to that is, look, I'm, I'm seeing a rise, an increase in antipathy, in antagonism and polarisation right across the map. It mm. seems that people are angrier mm. and less tolerant of listening to each other's views than ever before. It might be, this is very difficult to quantify, mm. but man, it seems things are getting extremely polarised, particularly in certain uh, large Western democracies. Um, I, think that's, I think that's been fairly well um, evidenced by yeah. tracking the the incidence of use of certain words which, right. are, which are not tolerant which that's right. are more than just antipathy yeah, they are that's right. stamp out stop, and, and, cancel and, and we're at the early stages yeah. of being able to track and understand mm. kind of mm. sentiment and, and those sorts of things but it's, it's, it's in all directions right mm. you, you've got um, left wing trying to shut down right wing discussions, we've got Black Lives Matter people, you know, people wearing Black Lives Matter apparel getting um, getting taken off or getting complained about in terms of broadcasters. Everyone is trying to shut down everyone else mm. in terms of expressing their views and beliefs. And it's getting, and the temperature around that is getting higher and higher. And of course, corporations are actually le- leading the charge in that because mm. it's, it's social media companies mm. that control most of the yep. online discourse. And it's their terms of use, their mm. corporate kind of mm. rules of engagement on their platform. Well, we've got, we've got, Stuff which is the best, saying that it won't take any yeah. any kind of climate doubt. Yeah, yeah. Which so, just feeds conspiracy theory. That's right. So look, it's it's a it's a it's a very dynamic situation where these these issues, which are very, you know, these are not mm. new issues. Mm. I think what we're seeing though is particular um, uh, situations. Uh, particular technologies amplifying what have always been things that we've had to manage and work out um, a balance point around in societies. And to some extent, we are out of balance, I think. So what would you... I mean, it's interesting that you're quite happy to talk about what the law ought to be and not just what it is. Do you do you get involved in, in, in government discussions on policy in this way? I mean, have you been consulted on the on the potential for hate crime law? Oh, sorry, for a hate language law? Uh, so, the, starting at the beginning, um, when I came in as Chief Censor in 2017, I very quickly came to the view that I was 
poorly served by 1993 legislation and regulation to be able to address issues of media harms in a 2018-2019 environment. It's, it's fundamentally, we, we've, got, we've got regulations that are out of date right across the map of, of that, I have no doubt, but it's particularly acute when you're talking about trying to address and respond to media harms. When you're dealing with legislation that was designed effectively in a pre-internet age, 1993 was around about when the internet first was opened up for public subscription. So I have not been shy about saying, look, that this is a very difficult situation and we're, stre we're stretching this across various new novel um, circumstances and situations, but we really probably need to have a look at the fundamentals around this. So that's, that's abstract. What, when you say the fundamentals, are you talking about the practical enforceability? I mean, for example, the, um, the great, what's this, what's the, the name of the, the one we started by talking the about? The Great Replacement. The Great Replacement. We checked at the office before we came over. It was literally one click to have two different versions, including one that... I won't go into the detail yeah. of that, but in my, I've, I've done similar experiments yeah. and I've actually found it... Yes, of course, you, you mm. can access it online because it's um, an objectionable publication in this country. It's not in other countries. Mm. But by and large, I've been cautiously optimistic about the fact that search engines won't take you to it straight away as a matter of course. Well, we've, you we've, can find it. We've got, well, we've got the our, our permission to look at it goes till April. Mm. And um, Patrick's been on the working committee as well, so we felt we could lawfully sure. look at it. But I yeah, was yeah. surprised. Was it? It was just put the word, put the the, the, the uh, label in, and it came straight up. Well, I mean, we can have another look because, of course, it's the internet, so these things are dynamic, and mm. I haven't I haven't searched for it for some time. And, and enforceability, anyway, is a matter for internal affairs and, and law enforcement. But well, I, to, to some extent, many of the best laws work recognising that enforcement, that 100% enforcement isn't what you want. Mm. I mean, mm. there's a safety valve issue, isn't mm. there? If, mm. if indeed you pour a huge resource into making something forbidden, it has the forbidden fruit. Yeah. At the moment, this thing is, society through, through your classification has denounced it yeah. and imposed a potential risk, which, but it, it isn't actually forbidden fruit, really, it's there. Well... Uh, the reality is, though, there has been prosecutions um, mm. for possession of, of this this type of material, or or certainly the mm. live stream and in conjunction with this mm. um, with this document. Um, and I think you know, and, and it, it has to be said, the and the provisions, you know, the penalties are extremely high yeah. for for possession mm. um, and distribution of this sort of material. Because we're dealing with a very wide span of potential material that could fall into that category, including you know, children being mm. raped, you know, footage mm. for, for the purpose of sexual gratification, um, extreme abuse, horrendous stuff mm. that no one, no one would ever countenance. Um, obviously, if you're talking about producers and distributors and people who are making money out of that kind of material, it's, it's appropriate to have very high penalties. I don't think anyone would, would dispute that. Um, and the courts haven't really established a tariff, have they? I mean, there's no... Well, you can't look at it and you can't, as a lawyer, go and say, look, the likely 
the likely penalty is X. It's, it's been there hasn't I, been enough. I, I, I think I think we're just starting. You you essentially you're right, but mm. I think we're starting to see that shake itself down in terms mm. of penalties and. and um, there was the, the Christchurch man, um, Philip Arps, who mm. was was well reported, um, clearly at the higher end of kind of support um, for this sort of material. He was distributing the, the live stream video to friends. He wanted um, it modified with mm. a set of crosshairs and a kill count, you know, clearly at the, at the, mm. at the very high end of someone who believed in, in, in mm. what this, this horrendous man had done and these atrocities supported them. Um, I think his um, his sentence ended up being just short of two years, mm. and there is um, some other sentences, not quite at that mm. level, that are running uh, just over a year or between a, between one and two years. Mm. Um, other younger um, people, people with less um, kind of uh, egregious circumstances, are being treated with in a whole range of ways, including getting warnings. So you know, to that extent. There's, I think you're right, an, an adaptive, agile system has some allowances for individual circumstances and, and generally is looking to build a social cohesion and consensus around, well, this is just something we, we don't want to be a part of, by and large. And if I think one thing um, I do appreciate in this country is we were able to get the word out very quickly after these horrendous events to make it clear to people that, yes, Often and increasingly, I, I find that it's young people that saw the live stream video in the in the period of it going viral. Many, many, many children actually viewed it without really understanding what they're looking at, um, and we we're able to get out messaging that says, "Look, we know this has gone everywhere. The 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 algorithms have actually pushed this to into people's social media feeds, um, and for that, we're truly, truly, deeply." Sorry, and that should—that's not something that should have been allowed to happen. But from now on, everyone so how, so needs to when know you say it that this have been is to happen. illegal. I mean, our, our law and our liberties have basically been have relied on ex post punishment, not fences at the top of cliffs. I mean, it's 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 a it's a very handy image to talk about fence rather than ambulance. But it's, our law has basically relied not on not on ambulances at the bottom of cliffs. It's relied on a machine gun. You're right. But that's looking back. Well, that's it's always looking, looking back. back. That's the only way you have no, freedom. No, no, but that's looking back in terms of what we're dealing with when you're thinking about how you deal with these sorts of harms. If you look at the reality of what the situation is now, what we have is a gift CT coalition of technology companies, all of whom were appalled by this, of course. And that, that essentially, when I say this should never have been allowed to happen, in a way, I'm not saying... As, as, as a chief censor, as part of the state, meant to regulate and respond to these sorts of events, that's, uh, that's something I should have done something about. Because you're right, of course. But actually, the system should not be configured in a way that this is published and promoted to children, just as you never have broadcasters in mainstream media or newspapers printing the detail of those de deaths on the front page. You, know, you expect checks and balances to be built in to the broadcast and media platforms, and that's what's happening now. Yeah, and how do you prevent that then being used to suppress ideas unpopular with uh, the media elite? You do the work. You well, do. Well, you that's, do the that's work. That's very to good. Sure. But, the, but our, we've got a fairly strong consensus amongst our media elite and about what they think is right and what's wrong. Well, and, 
And that consensus doesn't, in many ways, doesn't fit ordinary people's views. I mean, where suddenly it's become, you know, J.K. Rowling's a good example. Suddenly they wanted to suppress her and a lot of, a, a lot of organisations have tried mm. because so, they don't like what is a very recent and very, and a view that's, that's purely a matter of fashion. Mm. So, so we're at danger of talking past each other because I think we're talking about very, very different things because where we started was it shouldn't have been allowed to happen that a live stream of someone murdering 51 innocent people brutally in cold blood should never have been broadcast and sent to children's phones on social media more, platforms. More coverage has been doing that for donkey's years. And, and it happened when I, I remember the little, the little girl running from the napalm. We all saw that. That didn't, that didn't make society... That made society better, not worse. And yet it was horrific. In fact, I know one of the journalists who was there... And he's very proud of the fact that that went global and everyone saw it. And that woman is proud of the fact that she was photographed like that because of the effect it had. She was seven or whatever it was at the time. I mean, you're, you're assuming, just assuming a harm without looking at the dynamics that society creates around those as if it absolutely needs the authorities to protect us. So I, I might have this wrong, Stephen, but you seem to be saying actually it was okay that the live stream video was sent to children's social media feeds. That's no, no, what, I, what you seem to no, be what saying. No, what I'm saying is that the powers that you take to prevent that happening may be very easily used to ah. prevent a whole lot of stuff so which is very similar. And so one of them is war reporting. And yep. we want people to be horrified yep. by war. So what, and war reporting shows more than 50 people being crisped. Mm. It's horrible. Mm. And I just gave as an instance some, some powerful war reporting. Another one was the execution in front of everyone of by the South Vietnamese general of a captured terrorist. So, so what, what, you're, what you are arguing, that, thank you for that, that clarification, what you're arguing is if unchecked, if, if not thought through carefully... Um, there is possible downsides to having protections built in that would prevent something like that from happening, which I would agree with. But the fact is the GIF-CT have in place protocols around hashing, identifying and eliminating first-person shooter footage, which has proven since March 15 to be extremely effective. And which and may have us living in a fool's paradise. No, no. It, uh, well... Do do have you studied the protocols? Do you know what no, I'm talking no, about? I'm, do, you, do you know how it operated I, after I the Haller attacks? I don't need to to know that whenever this power, as a lawyer, when mm. this power, yes. it will be abused by the powerful. Well, and the powerful will use it to suppress what they don't want shown. Yeah. So you're arguing there is a risk, which I no, agree. I'm arguing, which, it, I'm arguing it's matured already. The collaboration there. There's no common carrier obligation to carry stuff that they don't want. And they're already exercising it. Oh, well, that and that's another that's another set of issues around the fact that we're talking about platforms that have tens of thousands of content moderators mm -hmm. operating to policies that um, about which it's very difficult to get any real clear mm -hmm. idea at all. And that's that's another that's another whole topic for discussion. But we really need to go. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. I've, I've really appreciated this discussion. It's uh, and it's getting it's getting very interesting. But there's mm. a as you can see, there's a lot. Mm. There's a lot to all of these things. Oh look, I have no doubt about that. 
and, uh, but I am concerned that the reaction of New Zealand authorities has not has been to underestimate the risks and to claim always that their good intentions justify whatever steps they take. And you, I have no doubt about your good intentions and about the evils that you want to combat. My concern is much more that there is no bright line being put forward by you or anyone else to replace the old bright line we had, which was, you know, don't shout fire in a crowded theatre. You're not allowed to incite um, murder or violence or coercion. Those were pretty bright lines. And we're going a long way from that. Well, I think we need to engage with these discussions because I think we're facing challenges the likes of which um, previous bright lines just are not well suited. Yeah, so I, I, I think the debate needs to be had. I appreciate mm. the opportunity to have the debate and I'm, I'm sure we'll be discussing it further and I welcome mm. it. It's what's needed. So thank you. Thank you too very much.